0: Obviously the tale of Kurt Warner is inspiring. What kind of made you want to tackle this project? I mean, well, you know, when I when I was a younger version of myself and I watched it all happen in real time, uh, it was massive. I mean, it, it took the country by storm, it, uh, particularly people of faith as, you know, Kurt and his wife were very vocal about their faith and open about it. and. Uh, but even even outside of faith, I mean, as a football fan, as a sports fan, really just like a, a sports fan in general or just like an Americana fan. You're like, what is happening right now? This guy who never should be in the position he's in is leading his team completely out of nowhere all the way to the Super Bowl and then wins it. And I mean, it, it's it's something that, you know, it's for the ages. It's that kind of a thing. So so I already knew the story. I loved the story. I was impacted, and inspired by the story. Uh, And then, you know, in in typical, uh, I think, uh, God fashion, you know, we make plans and God laughs. And so I had all these plans, as we all did pre-pandemic, and there's all these movies I was going to do. And it was like, oh, my gosh. And I wasn't going to be available for American Underdog. Um, And then the pandemic hit. And then all of those jobs that I thought I was going to do all kind of went away or shifted or whatever. And now suddenly I became available and the Irwin brothers had reached out to me. They were like, listen, you were our number one choice for this. We were disappointed you were going to be unavailable. Now you are. Would you want to do it? And uh, <clears throat> so it all, it all felt very faded. You know, it all felt like it was supposed to be. And uh, I, though I wish we had months and months more to practice as, you know, when you're a 40-year-old guy learning how to throw a spiral for the first time <laughs> in your life, it is not the easiest thing to jump into. Um, but other than that, man, it was just a really kind of, yeah, it, felt, it, was, it all felt very meant to be. What was some of the hardest obstacles outside of throwing to adapting to playing quarterback? And I mean, honestly, that was really the biggest thing. I mean, I, I grew up throwing a lot of baseballs. I, mm-hmm. I, You know, throwing really any kind of whatever. But a football is a completely different dynamic. You don't really understand that. I never had anybody as a kid, like, really teach me, okay, so when you're throwing a football, it's a whole – got this, like, you know, kind of – not cylinder, but you have this you have this conic ball <laughs> exactly. that's supposed to find exact kind of you know draft through the air. That's why you're trying to find that spiral. It's smoother, you know, all that stuff, and how you you clock that back and how you throw it. So you know, tendonitis. <laughs> had, it was all kinds of issues. Um, but no, I would say outside of all of that, you know, and taking some shots on the field, which in some ways you know sucks, but in other ways it's kind of like yeah, but that's part of the job. Like you know, I I wanted to kind of hit you know. To get some hits, because sure. I wanted it to feel a little more like, oh, this is what you know, uh, Kurt went through. Even though the level of hits that I took <laughs> on the field were still nothing compared to what real linebackers and everybody are, <laughs> are, you know, were doing to him. But I would say that the hardest or most challenging thing, <clears throat> outside of just the physical, kind of, uh, you know, uh, attributes of it, was, you know, he's a real person. He's alive right now. You can see him on television <laughs> regularly. I can be compared to him at any point. And when you're doing a, you know, a biopic, you, you, that's that's a daunting challenge sometimes because you, you, obviously want to, you know, emulate this person as best you can, and I think I did, I definitely did the best I could, <laughs> given the amount of time we had and everything that we had, um, but there's still stuff as an actor I look at him and go, oh man, why did I, that, why did I do that? Why did I do that instead <laughs> of doing that? You know, all the choices that you make. But I will say that Kurt and Brenda were on set. I mean. I would even say almost you know more than 50% of of the of the shoot, and um, and they were watching and they were listening, and so I knew that if at any point he was like oh man this guy is not pulling off me, <laughs> he'd uh, said something to someone at some point. But I could tell that he was quite happy, you know, and that felt great. That was a huge relief with that pressure that I was putting on myself. Like, is this going to work out? Well, he's not. He seems cool, so okay, okay. (laughs) Just keep doing what we're doing. Just keep doing what we're doing, yeah. What's something you learned about yourself playing this role? Mm, That's a great question, Ricky. What is something I learned about myself? Um, You know, I think through the process of of American Underdog, and I think I was mentioning earlier, we had done this film, The Unbreakable Boy. Same, almost the same crew and, and everything Another great film that's coming out for Lionsgate next year. But anyway, we kind of did these back to back. And I was and this was after <clears throat> this was after, um, again, we had been sitting around and pandemicing and not working for quite some time. And in that time, even though I had thought I learned a lot of these lessons and a lot of the therapy I've done in my life, which anybody out there, if you're thinking about it, I highly recommend you do it. It's, I think everyone ought to and we all need to. Um, But I, you know, I I had kind of recognized just how much I had put my self-worth in things outside of, uh, you know, uh, outside of myself, like work. Uh, But I don't, I didn't, I didn't know just how much I kind of was doing that until the pandemic hit, and then it brought me to my knees. And so coming back into making these films, and American Underdog particularly, uh, was a really interesting line that i was balancing which was i was very grateful to be back to work and i was very grateful to be making this movie but i never wanted to go show up for work any day and feel like this is my identity or this is my worth entirely you know um so that was one of the things i was navigating in that time and again when you are trying to you know i'm a 40 year old dude playing like a 25 year old (laughs) kurt warner in his prime uh you know coming to grips with your body being in a place where it's like, wow, I, I'm not the spring chicken anymore. I don't just get to do whatever <laughs> I want without there being any consequences whatsoever. So that's very humbling, you know, yeah. and that's good. You know, I think, I think every opportunity that God uh, brings into our lives where we, where we can be humbled a little bit more is only good for ourselves, because I think one of the worst thing that's going on in the world right now is just this crazy inflation of hubris and arrogance and people thinking that they know better uh, about Everybody else's lives, and you know, so anyway, not to go off on too much of a tangent, no, yeah. And I just want to thank you for using your platform to spread that message about anxiety and stuff like that. Was that something that you it was it something you took the courage to do? Was it something you've always wanted to do Uh, uh, to step out and talk about mental health? Yeah, you know, uh, and no, no, the the reality was, you know, I I was pretty convinced. me and my sisters, you know, we grew up in a household that had a lot of mental and emotional health issues. I don't know that we would have necessarily called them that as we were kids growing up, but you become an adult, you can kind of look back and go, oh yeah, my mom for sure, and by the way, and multiple people in my family, is probably everyone's family, but my mom for sure was struggling with her mental health issues. And so I knew that at some point I was going to probably, you know, get into that phrase. I was having to discuss my mother and whatever that relationship was. But it wasn't until I really bottomed out and I I, I had to go to very life-changing, life-saving therapy And uh, and when I did and all of the things that I learned, things that I really feel like are not spoken about enough or people don't know enough about. And in order to even know about some of these things, you know, you have to pay lots and lots of money for very expensive therapies in in various ways. And so coming out of that and, and feeling like, oh, my God, if I didn't know these things, I don't know if I would still be alive right now. I think I my job, my responsibility or one of the responsibilities of mine in this life for as long as I'm being given the gift of it is to go and talk about mental health and the importance of it and how we all need to be working on it. And I really do believe that if we were all to heal our hearts and our minds, if we could get everybody in the world to do the work to heal their hearts and minds, then we would have no other problems because every real issue that's affecting humans and animals and the environment and everything else, you can root it all back to someone's dysfunctional broken heart or mind people that are so you know greed is one of the biggest things I think you know people don't realize that that is a psychological issue if you are so addicted to money and success and all of that stuff you're trying to find your worth and identity outside of uh, you know the actual things that you know the fact that you are just alive and you are here and you are present and uh, and those things lead people way down the line where they start to neglect uh, the humans and animals and plant life that their greed might be negatively affecting because you know the ends justify the means and that is and 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 all of that can be traced back to bad mental and emotional well-being so that's what i want to happen more yeah more and more i love that in doing my research i did find out you're a little bit of a gamer oh yeah um what is your all-time favorite football game (laughs) well i mean honestly if you had to break it down i'd say Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, uh, I was I was uh, I, I was a pretty big Tech Mobileer. I, I obviously I played with the Raiders and Bo Jackson all the time because everyone understood that <laughs> that, that was basically just a cheat code. Uh, Cause Bo Jackson, um, but uh, yeah, I loved me some Tech Mobile. And then you know with the Nintendo sixty four, there was this. I don't I think it was pre Madden. Uh, maybe Madden was still kind of around at the time, but there was this game called um, it was like Nintendo sixty four like Quarterback Club yes. or something like that. That one I liked. That was one of my favorite. Cause you yeah. can play the actual quarterback challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah. So I liked that one, but then to be honest, I kind of got off of sports games after that. Yeah. Um, I was never as good at them as other people. Like I'd try to play Madden against my buddies and they would smoke me every time. And I realized that as a gamer, I like to be able to just have control over like one thing. My brain couldn't handle that I could switch to any one of the players yeah. to control them, to do something I'm like, well, that's too many options. I don't know what to do with all of that. But if I'm like in a first-person shooter or something like that, and I'm only controlling my one guy, I'm like, cool. I can handle this. I can handle the decisions that come up.